It's Pet Chat on 2NURFM 103.7, and I think we need a round of applause. Oh, oh he's Dr. David Tabret, and I even tried to give you a get out of jail free. I said, was it a medical emergency? No. Traffic. Well, we'll blame traffic. Why not? <laughs> no, you're we, here, which I'm is here. the main thing, and you're ready to answer I'm some in my, questions. in my favourite place for the week. Gee, you know how to butter me oh, up, don't you? Yeah. yeah. No, look, if you do have any questions at all mm. about your pets, David is the man in the know. 49216216. We've got him here on standby, okay? <laughs> now, Cheryl, we're looking at um, our pets and winter coats. It's been exceptionally cold. Not so much today, but yesterday was a doozy. And I've been looking at poor Gizzy, and he keeps creeping up. This is getting personal, but he, but he gets near the groin when you're in bed at night, and uh, I think he's um, he's, he's looking for a snuggle. Cold. Yeah, <laughs> he gets up closer and closer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay, what so, should we be doing? Okay, they're not just fashion statements, putting a jacket on your dog. It's not just about fashion. Some dogs oh. really do need to have a jacket on. Now, you're saying about Gizmo. Gizmo's a senior dog, so senior dogs do feel the cold. And it's really important that not just your senior dogs, but dogs like puppies. Puppies really feel the cold as well. They can't regulate their body temperature so much. And dogs with compromised health. So they may be suffering from diseases like alopecia or Cushion's disease. These dogs, again, they don't have as much hair because... um, Often these dogs um, don't grow the hair, so they've not got as much coat, and they need a bit of covering. And dogs that are suffering from arthritis, arthritis in winter really is a problem for a lot of dogs. So with them being a little bit more sedentary, they feel the cold. So when they're not moving about, you need to make sure that they're wearing a jacket. Mm. Yeah, it is important because they do really struggle. But... It's not just those older dogs. Some dogs like short-haired dogs and um, breeds like chihuahuas. I was just about to say, I always feel for the chihuahuas. They just look yeah. cold permanently. And the whippets, the greyhounds, yeah, yeah. those dogs. And is that why they're so cranky? Oh, oh Dave. Was my microphone on? Sorry. <laughs> those poor chihuahuas, I they get them. a hard time. They so. are a little bit nippy, though. Not all of them. Yeah. Not all of them. But you do, you see those breeds that don't have a lot of coat just shivering. They, they just sit. Mm there and they shiver so you know if you've got a dog that you're noticing that with you need to get them a jacket but not all dogs need to have apparel it's really important that you understand some dogs are actually um huskies yeah yeah you've got your huskies your malamutes your samoids those dogs that have got a double coat so they've got a coat that acts in two ways because it's got really heavy double insulation and then they've got guard coats on the top so that guard Ah. coat keeps the rain and the water from penetrating through and if you go putting a jacket on that dog you're going to overheat it which again then comes to another problem with our you know Mm. overheating so you do need to make sure that you if you have a dog and you're thinking about putting a jacket or coat on it that it's the right coat or the right jacket for the right breed of dog and also that coat selection look you can get everything from little designer coats to you know dress ups to practical things for your Mm. warmer weather but you need to make sure that that coat fits the dog properly this is a bone of contention in our house like well gizzy's got a great camouflage jacket but it only goes halfway down his back isn't he a white dog yeah, yeah, well, all right, David. Yeah, but that part of him does keep Where is he? In. Where is he? I can't see him. He's in here somewhere. Um, oh, God yeah, love him. Yeah, comes halfway down and yes. I yep. say to Sean, that's not long enough. Mm. And then he goes, but he's going to piddle on it if I make yep. it any longer. So what, what yep. are we looking for here? Okay. An, I know what we're looking for, an anatomy lesson. <laughs> does he... 
Does Sean understand where well, they, the dogs pee out of? He does, but you know when they're longer, yeah, usually so they go too it far. Comes, yeah, yeah, goes yeah. To, yeah. So you that comes careful. to the design of the jacket mm. that you're buying. Ah. So actually, taking them along and getting them fitted is a good idea, Sarah, so that you oh, do get the little length. outing. Yeah, little outing. Get them fitted correctly because you want the right length, but you don't want them to be soiling on the jacket. So I can understand why your dog's jacket is shorter, but you need one that fits and covers his body because if he's going outside, that area from the end of his jacket to this back of his tail is all going to get wet. That's right. So, and, but we don't want him to be soiling on it, so he needs to have one fitted. You need to make sure, too, when you're doing the fitting, that the jacket isn't too loose and it's not sort of flopping around yeah. everywhere. And try to avoid things like big buckles and um, and hard sort of oh, They wouldn't sashes. be comfortable at all. No, not when the dogs are, you know, laying down. It's pressing into them. So take your dog along, get it fitted properly and make sure that it's the right jacket. Now, Sarah, I know I went crook at you last year about Gizmo and leaving that jacket on all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maintenance is really important. So we need to be taking it off? Yes, every day. Oh. Just take it off and get your brush. Now... With Gizmo, you're going to need a comb or a brush and just brush that hair because when the jacket is sitting on Gizzy, his hair is actually um, matting. It's compressing the hair together and the friction of movement is making the hair cling together. Ah, compacting and, down yeah. and, oh, okay. Yep. So you need to brush it. The other thing is if you just take that jacket off for half an hour or so, it's going to allow air to go through to the skin. And we need that air to the skin and the stimulation of a brush just to keep the skin nice and healthy. So it's really, really important. Even if your dog isn't a hairy dog like Gizmo, you need to still take that jacket off, stimulate the skin and the coat. Um, Like if you've got a short breed dog, say, you know, a a Rottweiler or something, you need to make sure that you're still brushing that coat because that dog's still shedding and you want to make sure that you're removing that coat and then, or that hair, and then put the jacket or the coat back on. So they do need a really thorough, good brush at least once a day. So Cheryl, I know you've touched on this, but I honestly can't remember what you recommend um, during winter should we still be getting them groomed um, getting their their coat short or what what do you suggest for, okay. for you, winter you don't actually have to get their hair short so that's that's only if they're matted Sarah <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay so it's all about maintaining their coat so they can still have a long coat and still wear a jacket but you need to maintain that so you can do winter we call it winterizing uh, winterizing the dog's coat where they're not so short you can just go through and, and trim maybe just their feet face and bottom okay um, again depends on on the breed of dog and just how you want that dog to look but you can still maintain a dog through winter and they still need to have a bath and a dry through the winter yeah, as well yes, of course. need to keep that skin really clean and tidy and neat and everything about the puppy nice and david mm. were you going to add something there because i saw a look in your eye that i thought you might have something no to a couple of things i've seen a couple of dogs that come in people don't take i've seen this people don't take the coats off oh i know david. at all I know, and at end of winter, the dog is just a mat. They're just yeah. Felt so they melted. leave the coat on the whole time. Yeah, right. Which means that for as like they, four months or something. Yes, three literally. Months. And what happens is that as the coat sits on the skin and the dog moves, it just gently rubs back and forth. Yep. And it tangles this hair that's growing a bit longer, and so they get terrible mats. So it's not you just can't. Put it, put it on and then no, leave it. It's not put on and forget. Like yeah. Cheryl said, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maintenance is really important. And, you, Sarah, you can have a dog with a long coat. That, Like, I've got two senior dogs. My old poodles have a jacket 
and they still have a long coat that we take their jackets off every morning, leave it off for a bit, and then we put them back yeah. on. But okay. we, we brush them probably not every day, but, you know, every second day. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's really important to brush them just so that they don't end up with a pelted coat at the end of winter. I guess it would be the equivalent of us sticking a beanie on our heads and then leaving it on for yes. three months and not washing or brushing our hair. Yeah. Yes. But the problem that comes right. when those dogs become pelted is that they can't um, regulate their body temperature at mm. all because mm. it, they just become so hot, cocooned in these little matted jackets. So, mm. yeah. so don't think that you're humanising your dog by putting a jacket on it. Just know that you're keeping it warm, you're keeping it dry and comfortable through those colder times. Steve from Barnsley, you've got an old dog uh, and you want to check whether his weight is correct. G'day. G'day, Steve. G'day, how, g'day, how can Steve. we help? Mate, um, just for, for winter, mm-hmm. um, I try and maintain her weight so that she is not arthritic. Um, she's lenny, like a pretty well hooped up, so to speak. She's a coolie. Right. I don't know if you know the breed. Yes, yep. I'd hope you know and, the breed. <laughs> and <laughs> um, it's... And she's a little overweight. <clears throat> no, no, she's not overweight. She's underweight. Underweight. Oh. Mm. Um, so how, how old's your dog? She's heading 16. All right, and do you know what her body weight is at the moment? Uh, about 17 kilos. Now, one of the things, when we look at weights, this is a really interesting question because a lot of people say, oh, you know, what's my dog's weight? Is it supposed to be because I read in a book or, um, you know, I, I've looked at it, looked it up online and Google tells me they should be this weight and she's this weight. And it can be very confusing because, you know, that's not your dog. That's uh, a, a group of dogs. Um, and there's a normal range, but, you know, your dog might have uh, slightly different genetics. Um, she she is uh, sort of a nice cover yep. over her over her acroceliacs or her hips. Yeah. Um, just seems to be a little bit hooped up, and I, I'm, my only concern is, um, like she's fairly active, especially when the Harley start up next door. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> um, and then she just lies around in the sun. And, yeah. Um, All right, Steve, so, so you, what do you recommend for that, I, David? Look, I, I think coming back to my point earlier is that getting the correct weight going offline or looking up a book is, book is going to be really difficult. And so you've really got to look at the dog and see if they're tucked up in front of the, the uh, back legs, which is like... Um, uh, Steve was saying, hooped up, where they get that tuck up. You don't want them to be flat. So if you look from the side... Oh, is that what he meant by yeah, hooped up? You don't want to have it going across so right. that you think, oh, they're a bit portly. Yep. And the other thing is if you stand over your dog and look down, they should have a little waist in front of their hips. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people look at them and they, they actually got a bit of a muffin top there. Yeah. So, and it's more the problem that they're a bit overweight. I guess the only thing I would mention for Steve is that with the older dogs, if they are a bit underweight, sometimes we'll see things like kidney disease, metabolic disease, or digestive diseases can cause that. Particularly an older dog. Yeah. You just said, yeah. Kid- yep. Kidneys are the big thing yep. because what happens is you lose muscle mass. Okay. And obviously, going into the cooler weather, 
Muscle mass is important to maintain body temperature. So it's kind of like a vicious cycle. So we just want to make sure that we're, okay, look at the body condition, make sure that matches. If we're concerned about that, and it's always a good idea with older dogs to have a checkup and just make sure that those other conditions aren't there. And if that's the case, if everything's okay and it's just about getting a bit of condition on, then we can go to looking at changing the calorie content. Um, And that's a big topic, too big to go into now. But there are ways we can improve the energy that goes into your dog, um, not so they get fat, but so they maintain a good, healthy condition. Okay. Well, thanks for your question, Steve. We've got a free line now if you've got a question for Dr. David Tabaret, 49216216. Now, David, what are we looking at today? What's our topic? Well, one of the things that I've seen just recently with a lot of dogs, and I always used to say, oh, you know, this is a spring-summer problem, is itchy dogs. Mm. We see this big influx of itchy dogs at this time of the year. Oh, okay. And, yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive. And, obviously, things like the parasites like fleas and so on, we just think, well, that's a summer problem. They've sort of died down by now? Well, you would think that. You would. But we do still see the problem. And part of it goes to what we're talking about today is keeping your dog warm. You're also keeping the fleas warm. So our houses are set up at a really Ah. optimal breeding temperature for fleas. So they do like the warmth, do they, fleas? Oh, absolutely. And so we used to actually say, you know, we'd see this really big surge and we still do. But we always have to keep on top of this. So we're always going to have things like flea problems. Allergies also come around, uh, yes, seasonal, more like spring and autumn. But we still see it in winter because we get the winds that bring grasses, pollens and dust down from the upper hunter. That can trigger a lot of allergies. So just be aware that if your dog is a dog that's allergic or if you're having problems with fleas, don't think this is just a summer problem or a spring problem. You need to keep working on it and get onto it right now. Good advice. We're going to go to the phones now. Diane from Tanilba Bay, are you a little concerned about your dog's gait? Yes, I am. Um, I've been to my local vet. It's been mainly for the last six months or so, and she seems to throw her back left leg in particular. Now, I've had her extra... uh, She's had spinal um, hip and leg x-rays done, Mm. and there is some... uh, She can't sort of put her legs out. She's about 10 years old, and she's a red cattle dog with a stumpy tail. Oh, okay. And she's beautiful. You know, and um, so, I, at the moment, the vet's put her on uh, Pentin, Yes. Um, and also some, oh, hell, what is this? Um, uh, <laughs> carprofen. Carprofen, yes, okay, yes, all right. I've also got her on Antinol. On Seal. Antinol. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, which is that, like joint support. It's yes. a natural uh, that's right. thing, yeah. And um, I was wondering, because uh, I know vets aren't all specialists, but would there be like a specialist that I'd be able to take her to for a second opinion? Well, it sounds like your vets have done a very thorough job. And, um, I mean, that's one of the first things we have to do is to say, when we've got a problem like that, let's rule out all the common things. So, you know, common things occur commonly and uh, looking for disease in the back legs there, considering spinal cord disease, the medication that she's on at the moment um, is an anti-inflammatory, which is the carprofen. Uh, 
Yep. And the gabapentin has activity against um, modulating pain signals through the spinal cord. Mm. Um, yep. So they're both working to help reduce the lameness. Yeah. Uh, yep. But sort of like when, like when, she, when she gets up, sometimes her back legs um, well, sort of collapse on her. One, you know, she mm. drops it down. And, yep. um, you know, even when she's out walking and stairs, I, I have to keep t- telling her to go very slowly. Yeah. Because if she's inclined to go like a bull at a gate, and, um, you know, she just, um, and I've just, tell her to go slowly and I sort of hold on to her collar to guide her down because I'm I'm just worried about her. She's my companion and everything. Of course, yeah. And one of the things is that... um, when we see dogs with, uh, like, lameness problems, like you're saying, you know, the joints or the bones or whatever it is, the spinal cord, there might be a problem there. But her brain is working and says, I want to go for a run. Mm. And, you know, so the mind is willing, but the body's a bit weak. And it'd like be- <laughs> <laughs> so it would be a good idea to try and make things work a bit better so that she can get out and enjoy, uh, you know, her wor- walks and so on. And, look, she's, she's of middle age. She's not geriatric. Um, so there's obviously something there that needs to be investigated. As I said, it sounds like they've done a pretty thorough job to start with, but just like, um, coming back to your original question, just like, uh, humans, we can go get referred to a specialist. So they can with dogs and, um, you know, there might be something that in regards to, um, getting some extra imaging done or investigation for a possible, um, you know, it might be a surgical problem. We just don't know at this stage. But it certainly, if you go back and talk to your vets, you can ask for a referral and uh, they can provide that for you. Um, and uh, then you would go and see uh, the referral surgeon or specialist and they would be able to describe what the next step is. Thanks, so, Diane, yeah. and, and good luck with that. We're going to go to Marie now, who's in Argenton. Now, Marie, your Jack Russell just won't keep his coat on. That's right. Oh, dear. <laughs> Is it a he or a she? Sorry, I've just guessed it's he. A, it's a she, oh. Molly. Oh, Molly, I should have known. comes with the name. <laughs> <laughs> Marie, do you have the jacket that um, has the little stirrups around the legs or not? We've tried all sorts. We've tried the one that's got the rib around the neck and the, around the uh, paw area, um, so there's no buckles involved. Yep. Um, we have used the one with the stirrups. Uh, Molly just sits out, because she's an outdoor dog, she sits outside and just shivers but will not keep a jacket on. Okay, sometimes you've got to actually get them into using it by just doing it for about 20 minutes at a time. So popping the jacket on, staying with her, having a cup of coffee or something and just introducing it slowly so that she gets to understand that this is actually just like a little comfort thing for her. Um, oh, okay. But, the minute we put it on, she's at it trying to get it off. Yeah, but maybe maybe putting it on and doing an activity with her, mm. like just a 10-minute you know, walk or something, then coming back, just so that, that she takes her mind or the focus off taking or trying to remove the jacket itself but there's a lot of different ones that you can get that um, that really do prevent some dogs from getting them off so if you've already tried the stirrup type there's some with little um, like half leggings in which are almost impossible for them to get off it just will depend on your your dog and and the style of jacket that you get but I would try try using the jacket you've got but going for that little walk and just seeing whether that will help you okay then 
And Thank you very it, much. I think I think it would be something that you you kind of just need to be ready to go. Yep. The moment you put that jacket on, maybe get it a sit, give her a treat, and then out the door. Yep, absolutely. Like you don't want to okay. be you don't want to be going. Oh, where's the keys or whatever? Yep. Or where's the lead? Because it's as you said, Marie. It's going to be that uh, um, the moment it goes on, you need to be moving. Um, okay. Because otherwise she's going to get too distracted and, and want to take it off. So you've got to get it all set up before you you start doing this. Otherwise it won't work. Yeah. But okay. It, How long do you suggest we give this a try for? I'd be yeah. I'd be doing it sort of regularly, um, just seeing how how many times you can do that during the day. If you're doing an activity that you can just keep her mind off trying to remove the jacket. But it would only be short, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, you only want to do it five ten minutes. Yep. Yep. And okay. then after a while she'll get to feel that that jacket's just part of the normal thing that she wears. Big hello to you, Karen in Glendale. Now, you've got um, an issue with harnesses matting your dog. Is that correct? Yes. He's a fluffy cavoodle and uh, we go for a walk once a day and I've tried various harnesses that he's comfortable with, but the one I've got at the moment is one of those um, easy, easy on harnesses, but it Mats his fur under his legs, front legs, and across his tummy. Yeah. Look, does your little dog pull when he's on, um, on just on the collar? No, I would never put a collar on him. Oh, oh what you're saying is maybe I should. I would be. I would be trying to use a collar rather than the oh. little harness, because Ooh. that way he's not going to be pulling and causing that friction along the oh, okay. along the chest and under the legs. So certainly collars. Um, as long as you don't have a dog that that's a real puller, I would recommend using just the collar and lead on your dog, and you will oh. find that that will prevent. Um, because another thing with some of those harnesses, the dogs do tend to pull more with the harness. They learn to use their chest in the walking mm. rather than just. Mm. Walking along on the end of a lead. So, oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. so Karen, I'd, I'd actually be buying a little collar, just a lightweight collar. It doesn't have to be yeah. a heavy collar. And, um, just it make... won't choke him or anything, will it? No, no, no. Look, collars are designed. Um, for dogs to be wearing all of the time. So most people have a collar on their dog with an identification because if your dog does get out and it doesn't have a mm. collar on, often people will think that the dog is, you know, been abandoned and um, yeah. it's really important for your dog to wear a collar with a little oh, tag okay. of ID on it. And um, and that way I think if you have that and give that a try, you'll be um, not having to face those problems of the matting because those harnesses can sometimes just cause the friction of the hair. And like you said, with your little breed, a cavoodle they've got a very thick coat and mm. it doesn't take long for it to mat up so, so just, the, the collar won't mat around his no, neck no it won't it won't mat around the neck mm. okay all right I, that's a good idea i had i had a similar problem with my dog although she's short coat i found the i would have preferred to use a harness yep. when i walk her compared to a collar but i did find that the harness would actually rub the hair off Mm. in those areas around the chest and maybe under the arm. So I guess with the long, if she had a longer coat, it probably would have caused a bit of matting. Yeah. But in her case, it just rubbed the hair off. Yeah, and sometimes yeah, you well, see that I mean, irritation. She, she doesn't let me brush her. I've got to take her to the um, groomer mm. because the fur is so thick. Um, you know, it doesn't take long for her to mat around the ears and in those spots. So I, 
you know, in the end, I've got to cut the knot out because, yeah. uh, you know, she walks around with holes in her fur, so I'd rather <laughs> that not happen. Uh, good on you, Karen. Well, thank you so much for the call. Four nine two one six two one six. Having a quick look at the weather for our sponsor, the Hunter Motor Group, Maitland for new Honda, Subaru, Volkswagen and Isuzu Utes. Remaining cloudy this afternoon, although I'm seeing a little bit of blue sky and a bit of sun right now, which is lovely. We may see some showers later on. Tomorrow, cloudy, possible showers once again, around a 60% chance along the coast. Friday, looking up partly cloudy at this stage. We're going to go now to Helen in Lampton. Now, Helen, you've had two Burmese cats. They've been friends for around 15 years, and now one has disappeared. So you're, you're wondering, you want to ask David whether you should get another cat. Well, I'm still very, we're still very sad um, that she's gone and she hasn't come back, and I'm mm. expecting her to come back at any moment, but we're all very sad. Mm. And, um, uh, yeah, because I've been friends for so long, and Oscar's 16, he's a Burmese um, too, but I literally just said goodbye to them, you know, 2 o'clock, you know, to go do my shopping, and they were lying and basking in the sun in the backyard, and then I come back, call them for, you know, dinner, no Molly. Mm. And I and she hasn't been back, and then Aww. that got really cold on the thirtieth of um, May, and um, and she's not been back. And I just she's microchipped, had a collar on, and I've put you know went to the vet, you know the RS um, um, RSPCA, RSPCA yes. and um, they've had no word. And I've gone around putting you know my daughter went knocking on doors and around local areas, and my son came up. Sydney to look around for her. So, Helen, first and, first and foremost, body. we'll put out a message. If anyone's seen a Burmese cat that's been missing since uh, May around the Lampton area, they can contact us, 49216216. And, mm. and, fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed. But back to your original question. Yep. Um, yeah, no, and she's a chocolate one. Um, just whether to get another little friend for Oscar. Um, it's, it's a common question that we get. So I guess years ago, my, the, the way I was taught was that cats are pretty solitary. And so, you know, they, they might tolerate people or other cats. But we actually know that cats are actually quite social. So you'll see these bonds um, that they have with another cat. But introducing an, another cat, it doesn't, re- it doesn't kind of bring things back to where they were. And it can actually be quite a stressful event. So it's not that they don't necessarily want to be with other cats. It's just that it's the change. So, the, you know, bringing in a new cat, it could be very traumatic. And um, I'm not saying it can't, can't work, but it can be a bit dangerous. Uh, for both of them because, you know, they just may not get along and you've got to actually get this set up properly. So um, all of the habits around having the two cats together, see your pattern of behaviour, the way you fed them, the way, where they slept and, you know, how they – like toilet, toileting is a big thing and having enough litter trays. Um, that's been going along as it has for 15 years. And then wow. if you bring in another cat, it's not like – oh, well, they'll just, you know, they'll go into that habit. What happens is they actually have to start all over again. And mm. so all of those things that you're doing, uh, and you might think, oh, well, this is reassuring because I used to feed the other cat here and Molly over here and then, but it changes. Everything changes. So it's it seems like a quick way to try and make things work a bit better. But I would just be cautious. I'm not saying don't do it, but I think you need to actually sit down and work out, okay, 
Where are they going to sleep? How are we going to feed them? We want to make sure they're kept separate. They've got to have safe rooms that they can go into. And you can use a product called Feliway, which is a spray. And that is actually a very calming pheromone that you can use in your house. And that will actually, if you go down this path, that actually helps. And what you often do too is if you have a cat uh, that you get from somewhere else, you need to bring some items from that cat where it is elsewhere. Just bring the items, not the cat, that have got the scent on the item. So it could be a cage, could be a blanket, could be a bowl, something like that, could be a bed, um, just so that your cat can go, oh, what's that strange smell? And then they'll work it out. And if they go and lie on top of it, then you're probably going to be okay. But again, you just need to step very cautiously. So it seems easy, but it's not. Okay, yeah, no, because they were just friends, they flipped together, so I'm using a hot water bottle, you know, and place the molly, you know, to, for comfort. Sure. Or, you know, because they were, like, you know, together, you know? Yeah, of course. Or, like, well, that, I didn't know whether to get, I wouldn't get a young cat, but to get an older cat, but it had to be plastic, you know, because he's a male, a neutered male. Oh, uh, so, yeah, well, it's, so, it's, I mean, there's no hard and fast rule, and one of the problems I see is when people do this and then it doesn't work, and so you've yeah. got to have an exit strategy. Yeah, you, yeah, you've got yeah. to have a plan to go, okay, well, if it doesn't work, what are we going to do? So what, what are the scenarios of why Molly left? Or you don't, we don't know. Some, I mean, it could be misadventure um, or it could just be she was enjoying the food down the road. I did a number of different reasons. A lot of people say that cats will do this when they're feeling ill and mm. they certainly are a, um, a species, a, a, an animal that will go and hide. And obviously, if they're sick, then you know that could happen. But um, we'll keep our fingers crossed, and we've, yeah. we'll put a, put a call out that if uh, anyone does uh, come across see a, cat. a Burmese cat, uh, was it chocolate brown or was chocolate? It, yeah. yeah, chocolate. If you do see it um, around the Lepton area, been missing since May. Please let us know because obviously Helen's hurting, and there's mm, nothing worse mm. than when you um, lose an animal and you just don't know what's happened to it. That's her, right. So. Yep. Yeah, we're thinking of you, Helen, and we really truly appreciate your call. Look, that is just about time. Um, for Pet Chat today, Cheryl Shaw, Dr. David Tabret. Thank you both Thanks, for Sarah. coming in as always. Thank you. Lovely to uh, see you both. Cheryl, next week we've got to do the draw for this month's winner of our Dirty Dogs competition. Oh, it should be good. We've got so much rain, so much mud. So Yay. if your pooch is disgusting <laughs> at the moment, let us know. Get it in to 2NURFM.com. Just click on more at the top and Dirty Dogs and uh, your pooch could be winning a pamper packet dog overboard come next week.